Good morning. Now, I don't know what that says, Terry. When you're up here, the lights are on. Everybody says, when, they get, when I get up here, they turn them off. It's good to have everybody. Thank you for being here today. We are in a series called Renewed. And I think this passage out of Ephesians helps us uh, uh, kind of summarize the first couple of lessons. Let's just do a little bit of reading here. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So in this series of Renewed, we first of all, this passage talks about the leadership. And that was our first lesson a couple of weeks ago, renewed commitment uh, as leaders and as elders about what we want to try to accomplish as a church. And that means it, it has to start with us as leaders. And our, our leaders, uh, have, we, we look back, we see mistakes we make, we want to do better, but we're always, always motivated to help build the body of Christ the best we can. And, uh, uh, and so we're always looking, by the way, for prayers for that, and that was that first week of prayers, too, was for our leaders. Then last week, Trent talked to us about renewing our commitment to discipleship. It's not enough just the event of becoming a Christian, but becoming Christ-like in how you live everyday life. And that idea of discipleship is, is one I think that sometimes really gets left behind. We want to grow up to be more like Jesus. That's Christianity in its simplest form, is me being more like Jesus than I ever have before in my life. And then today we're going to be talking about our renewed commitment to service. You know, we, uh, uh, there are a lot of jobs around here to do. We, there's a lot of, of us that are gifted in so many different ways, a variety of ways. And God's graced us with a lot of gifts and a lot of talents here. I was thinking about our staff and the different, uh, different things that they do uh, just on the staff part. And I came across this description. It kind of fit us a little bit. Uh, and it describes those qualifications. It says, the senior minister. Trent, be listening up here. The senior minister, he is faster than a speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, and can walk on water and talks to God. That's your senior minister, Al, uh, by the way. The associate minister. Okay, Trent, listen up. He's almost as fast as a speeding bullet, is stronger than a switch engine, able to leap short buildings in a single bound, can walk on water, though his ankles get wet, and sometimes he talks to God. (laughs) Then there's the worship minister, Brother Terry. He is faster than a speeding BB. (laughs) He's stronger than a model train. He's able to leap short buildings with a long-running start. He can walk on water as long as it's frozen, and he talks to God but wonders if he hears him. 
Then there's the youth uh, minister. He is slower than a snail, trips over railroad tracks, walks into buildings, almost drowns in the bathtub and mumbles something to himself. Then there's the church secretary. I'm not saying which one. But she catches speeding bullets in her teeth. She chews them up, uses them for staples. She can stare a locomotive off its tracks. And if a building gets in her way, she just knocks it off its foundation. She parts the water to walk through on dry ground. And when God calls, uh, she asks who is calling and puts him on hold. Now, that's some talented people and you figure out who that is. I don't have a clue. And I wouldn't dare say if I did. So, You know, there are different talents and different abilities. But we all come to Christ the same way, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. And we are all given the one Spirit to drink. We all come into this thing the same. We've all come out of darkness and into light. And so as a Christian, all of us have been gifted in, in, in different ways to be used within the body of Christ. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3, he says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Or one version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. It's actually the word where we get out of the original language, a word for agnostic. In other words, we don't. He doesn't want them not to know, one, that they've been gifted. And also, he doesn't want them not to know what their gift is. Because I think sometimes people sit around and say, well, you know, I don't really know what my gift is. I don't really know how I can serve. I don't really know what I can do. And he says, I I don't want you to be that way. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He said, look at your past. You come out of some, some things that really influenced you. You tried all that. It didn't fulfill you, right? Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, notice in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. You see, God put you together in a different and unique way within the body of Christ. Now, we're all made in the very image of God, right? And that's something very valuable. That's something very, very precious. That we're made in God's image. That's something very beautiful. You know, it's kind of like the little Johnny. He was looking at his, uh, uh, his mother one day walked by and she was in there putting all that cold cream on her face. And he asked him, Mom, what are you doing? And she said, I- I'm, I'm making myself beautiful. A minute later, he looked at her and she was taking all of it off. He said, Mom, uh, 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 what happened? Did you give up? You know, God makes us unique and beautiful from the very beginning. Created in His image. And yet, because of sin, that gets marred, that gets scarred, that gets all kinds of of, of things happen to us. And yet, He recreates us again in Christ Jesus when we're born anew. And He takes those gifts and talents and abilities we have or haven't even had but puts them in us to be used within the kingdom of God. Now look, there are things we're gifted at. Then there are things that we just do because we have a responsibility of. 
Because you don't have a gift in there, it doesn't relieve you of the responsibility of that area of service. You can't say, well, you know, I have the talent to, uh, I have the talent to sing, so you know what? I don't have to move chairs. Let somebody else have that talent, right? No, no, we all jump in. We all serve. But God has gifted you in a certain way and put you together for the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says, There are different gifts, kinds of gifts. The same Spirit dis, uh, distributes them. There are different kinds of service. Listen. But the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God. Got it? Spirit, Jesus, God. The source of your gift is the Holy Trinity. The Godhead made you what you are to be effective within the body of Christ. And boy, so many times we miss out on blessings because we don't really serve the way God intended. Here's a few blessings that come if we'll serve the way, the way God wants us. One, serving allows you to discover and develop your gift even further. You say, Mike, I don't know what my gift are. Well, then just try something. Just get involved in this. Man, we have all kinds of opportunities here that for, for us where service is needed. We have uh, we have ministries like Celebrate Recovery. We've got uh, uh, the uh, Reengage. Then we have all the small groups and the ministries that they do. By the way, one of our small groups uh, last week, one of the ways they served was they watched all the foster kids. Uh, over here at the Howard Building, while foster parents were going through further training in how to be good foster parents. I thought that was a great service thing for our, our groups. There's all kinds of opportunities. Serving allows you to discover and develop your gift. Serving allows you to experience the joy that comes from obedience. There's something good about knowing you did what God asked you to do. Serving helps us to be more like Jesus. Remember what he said? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. Serving increases our faith. Serving is good for your body and your soul. Studies have shown where volunteering and doing things of service help ease the symptoms of stress and depression. Matter of fact, applying our gifts to service, many times serving others, is the best distraction from worrying about your own problems when we serve God. The purpose of your gift, he says in 4 through 6, is to be used for the good, he says, the common good of the body. Let me read this, this verse to you. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the purpose of your gift is a, this, this common good, by the way, comes from the word, we get our word symphony. All these different things happening to make a great sound. So it's a symphony in concert. That's what a church in action is. It's all the different parts and different people being used in different ways to come out. With, that's a beautiful thing before God. I don't know if you ever listen to a symphony warm up. It doesn't sound too good. Everybody's just playing notes, and you're like, "Well, man, that that sounds terrible." And then all of a sudden, when they come out and play that beautiful work of music, and you're like, "Wow, that's what it is." When we work in harmony as a church, serving, all of a sudden, that's the kind of music that goes up before God. 
It's a symphony. It's a blessing to the kingdom and to those who are lost. In Romans chapter 12, Paul has just come off a whole discourse about the mercy of God. And he says in the first couple of verses of Romans chapter 12 that if you will, uh, if you, if you will view God's mercies, if you can see how God's been merciful, it will help you in not conforming to the world, but you can be transformed by renewing your mind over and over again. And you'll know what God's will is. Well, when he writes that, then he turns around and says, talking about God's will for your life as a part of the body. And he says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs, belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's in, to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So he describes here the attitude and the action of your gift. And that's done in humility and in service. You cannot take pride and say, man, look at the gift God gave me, how good I am. You didn't have anything to do with it. God gave you that gift. Now, what he, what he wants you to do is to use it and he'll multiply it and he'll use it in all kinds of different ways. We can never take pride in the gift that we have. But we can humbly walk looking for opportunities to use our gift within the body of Christ. You and I were not saved to sit. We were saved to serve. Right? And I want you to know you're needed. I've heard comments before. Somebody, you know, maybe they're a little gripper or complaining. You know, sandpaper people. You know what I'm talking about? They just kind of rub you the wrong way. Well, look, I think God sends you those kind of folks sometimes to shape us the way we need to be. Because it's real easy to say, well, we'd be better off without them. No, we wouldn't be better off without them here. We're never better off with part of the body gone. We're better off with people here with a good attitude and heart who will humbly serve in every way called upon. And so before you ever utter one word out of your mouth and being critical about a brother or a sister or a teacher or a leader, you better say, how am I serving And be humble about our own lives. Pride's the one that steps up to say, I have all the answers for you. Let me tell you what to do. And here's where you've messed up. That's pride speaking. Love for God's church. And look, you cannot love Jesus and not love the body of Christ. This thing was not designed. Yeah, you can go ahead and give God glory for that. This thing is not designed to be lived by ourselves, just me and the Lord. It never has been that way. It's always been in community. That's why the greatest command, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. There's always a togetherness within the body of Christ. We need everybody in this church, and we need everybody's hand to the plow in whatever way you're gifted or in whatever way you just choose to serve. 
You are needed. I don't care whether it's picking up trash from the pew, whether it's teaching a Bible class. It's all the same. No part of the body is more important than any other part of the body. Everybody. Everybody is needed. And you know, those gifts, sometimes those gifts that we've been given by God even change. One of our brothers here, I have a picture of Ryan and Lynn, Linda Hammett. If, uh, if you've ever drank coffee in this church, you can thank Ryan Hammett. Right? Now, now let me tell you something. If you, if you, if you, if you want to get in trouble, just don't have coffee at a church in Louisiana because it's, uh, you'd be like, what? No coffee? This man is one of the best servants of our church family. He spent eight years in full-time ministry, six of those preaching up north. Good preacher, good student of the Word, good mind, good talent. And he takes his family and they go to Africa. Leaving home, leaving relationships, and take off to, to do God's work in the kingdom in a foreign place. And he does that for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden, one event, one wreck on the road. And all of a sudden, his life has changed drastically. And still, instead of using the gifts of being eloquent in speech or teaching people and, and, and exchanging information of things he studied and, and, and explaining things to people, now all of a sudden he's in a, in a, in a situation where one don't even know he's going to be able to speak or read or write or function much at all. And yet God has brought him to our church family. To serve and to function in such a dynamic way. Look, his gifts now are no less valuable than his gifts before they care flooded him out of there. You're just as valuable now, brother, as ever before. And thank you for serving. And sometimes we say, I don't have a gift. I don't, I don't know where to fit in. They don't really need me down there. My encouragement to us, first of all, find your ministry. You won't find it feeling sorry for yourself. You won't find it in self-pity. You know, a pity party is, is, is a sad thing because uh, nobody comes but you and, and there's no gifts at it either, right? <laughs> the way you find it is you just jump in there. Where's Jeremy at? Shaq? Are you in church? Stand up back there, Shaq. There's Shaq. Now, Shaq is our connections minister. Thank you, Jeremy. And look, if you're new here, you need to go grab him by the shirt tail because you have to reach up to get it. But... Grab him and say, what do I need to do at this church? If you're a new member and you haven't fit in yet, you, you go to him and he'll point you to a group to be involved in. He'll point you to a ministry to serve in. 
If, if, uh, uh, if you're just visiting with and want to know more about this church, grab him. He'll tell you about what, what's involved in becoming a member of this church family. If you're old and, you, and you've been tired and you want to do a different kind of ministry, go grab him. He'll tell you where to fit in there, too. He's going to help you connect. And we want to use every person in our church to help grow the church to look more like Jesus. Find your ministry. Then serve wholeheartedly. Make a commitment to it. And the result will be you'll change your community. You'll change the community of believers that you run around with. But you'll change people outside these walls. When your small group shows up because someone had a terrible flood. When the relief ministry all of a sudden is responding to a tragedy somewhere and they grab a bunch of folks here and we take off and go somewhere. Al, you remember when we went down south uh, uh, with Yelton at the hur- what Which hurricane was that? Andrew. And we go down to that this small town, and so uh, Al and I are riding in the car together, and Don's there, and we're, we're taking the relief there. We've got kind of a convoy going through. And we go down there, and we don't go straight to the church. And we're like, Don, where are you going? The church is that way, you know. And so he's like, no, we've got to go through. So he's already called the mayor. He's already called people. And we go around the, around the square in town to let people know that we're there to help. Now, it wasn't about us. But Don always made this point. I thought it was so good. He said, look, it's not about the food and the water that you're giving. It's about when they see that, they have hope. And hope is a powerful word. It's a light at the end of the tunnel. It says, I can make it down there. And our relief ministry does that. And look, it just doesn't take water and food and, and, and men to do work. They take hope. Because nothing, man needs nothing more than Jesus Christ. So whatever ministry it is, the ultimate goal is to help heal people and bring them to a fuller understanding of who this one called Jesus Christ is and how he's changed our lives. And we need everyone's involvement. We need to have a renewed commitment for serving. So where are you at today? Your commitment where you want it to be? You know, you have those times when you're... If you've ever had a time when you're like... Your life flashed before your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? You kind of brush death... That all of a sudden sobers you up to look around and say, uh-oh, you know, I better make sure things are right with the Lord, right? Uh, my cousin Patty's here today. I don't know where she's sitting. Patty, where are you sitting? Oh, she's back there. Patty, you got to sit toward the front. I mean, come on. Uh, Rudy, y- y'all leading her straight back there. Uh, uh she didn't know I was telling stories on her. Of course, what's great about being up front with family in the audience, she's going home, and I get to tell it any way I want to, and you'll never know what her side of it was, right? But I remember, we were in high school. Remember that, Patty? We were going to a banquet that night, and uh, uh, we were double date. Uh, and one of my best friends, old Ron, was driving his car. He'd saved up all summer. We worked at this furniture store to save up our money. He saved up all summer, bought this car. 
and and Patty's in the front seat with him, and I'm in the I'm in the back seat with my date, and we're coming, and it, it had snowed and iced a little bit, but the roads were clear. But we come over this little old hill coming into town, and there was a place that was shaded there, and it was ice, still iced over, and we hit that patch of ice, and man, the car started spinning, and I grabbed the girl, and threw her back behind my back, and I just went to right, right into the back of the seat. And it just pressed old Ronald up against the steering wheel. And poor old Patty, she hit the mirror, she hit the front window, she hit the side window. And we turned that car over and landed on its wheels down in the creek. Cold, wet water. And I get out. And I, I'm thinking everything's fine with me. And I, I help, I help uh, Debbie out. And then I, I go and I, I grab a hold of Patty and we walk over under a light. And, and she, her whole skull is split wide open. And she's cut here through her nose, a bunch of places in her face from the glass. And I'm just like, uh-oh, this is, this is bad. Well, she looks at me and says, what's wrong with you? Well, I didn't realize I'd cut my head up here and I had blood all down my face. And so, uh, of course, it's a small town, you know, by the, by the time we got, I, I rode to the hospital in the back of the police car. I don't know why they thought I'd need to be in the back of a police car, but... Uh, that's what I went. I can't remember if an ambulance came or not for her. But I just remember that night when we're going, because I never lost consciousness. I just remember going and swirling around and going off that thinking, this is it. This is it. I'm out of here. And I knew I really wasn't where I needed to be at the Lord. So you can know that when you're 17, 18 years old. Please don't wait till you're 30 and 40 to make that decision. You know. Because I'm going to tell you, it's never an advantage to have been in sin. It's always a disadvantage. Now, gratefully because of grace and mercy, God can use that and turn your mess into a message and you can have a good testimony and you can have a great life and, and help a whole lot of people. He can make it an advantage, but look, it's never your advantage. You'll fight it in your mind the rest of your life. But that was a moment when I thought, this, it's all over. But now that morning, I didn't think it was all over. That day at lunch, I didn't think it was all over. We never know. This isn't to scare us into the kingdom, but it is to make us have sober judgment about where we are in our commitment to serve God. Don't say, I'll do that later. Because sometimes later never comes. The great thing about the gospel, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection, is that you can become brand new today. You can walk down this aisle at the invitation song. You can be baptized into Christ. And you can start all over brand new. Born again. Isn't God great? That not only did he create us, he recreates us in Christ. And he gives us opportunities to serve and to grow in harmony with each other in the kingdom of God. Don't wait to serve later. Decide to serve now. Father, we love you. We thank you for the day. I thank you, Father, for second chances that you've given me.
I thank you for the rescue of through mercy and through grace. And I pray, Father, we'll never forget what it was like to be without you. And that we'll always be thankful for your grace and mercy. And that we'll be committed, Father, to be the disciples you want us to be. And that we'll serve this church family, our church family, right here at WFR. I pray for every member in this church that they find their fulfillment and place in serving. That you may receive glory and the kingdom of God may grow. Thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. Amen. If you have a need to respond today, you can do so while we stand and while we sing this song.